Some of the sights and sounds from week three in the Canadian Premier League. Hello and welcome to the CPL Newsroom presented by Volkswagen. My name is Christian Jack and that's right. Week three in the CPL is in the box where two more of our fantastic cities, Halifax, Nova Scotia, of course, and Calgary, Alberta, were able to welcome the CPL in respective home openers. But that was really where the home cooking stopped on this weekend. In fact, all four games this weekend saw the home teams fail to win. Uh, we started in Halifax, where Halifax Wanderers won. Vancouver FC won, was enough to share the spoils. Theo Colomb's first half goal was inequalized by Sean Hundle right before halftime for the share of spoils there in front of a packed Wanderers grounds. Um, Atletico Ottawa, the defending champs, continued their struggles to start the season. The regular season champions didn't score again at home, and they lost by one Mobabuli free kick to nil in that game. And on Sunday, Maya Bevan put cavalry ahead in their, in their home opener in Calgary before Kean Williams found an equalizer in the second half to keep Valor unbeaten in the CPL. And the finale on Sunday, Pacific FC nil, a Wubens passiest goal to one. That was enough for the difference as Forge get their first three points of the 2023 campaign so far. So if you have any questions, please put them in the chat. Of course, if you're watching live and we will get to them over the next 45 minutes or so. Of course, if you're listening to this later, we of course appreciate you spending the time with us. We start our newsroom recap with Sunday's heavyweight showdown. Let's bring in Charlie O'Connor-Clark for that, our own correspondent. Before we play the highlights, Charlie, I got a big question for you first of Uh all. Um, Who's winning the Stanley Cup, mate? Oh, the... Not the Boston Bruins hat. Yeah, uh, I thought yeah. you'd get that one in. Oh, yeah. That's what I had to do. The no Bruins, no Avalanche, no Lightning. Who's winning a good the weekend. Cup? Christian, it was a good weekend. I, I had to give I, you that. I, I I, you've waited I, a long I'll time. I'll stick with Edmonton. I'll stick with Edmonton because I, I can't say out loud that I think the Leafs are going to win the Cup. But, okay. you know. Uh, producer Benedict, oh. he just actually said he thinks the Leafs will win the Cup, even though he said he couldn't say it. So we can correctively just clip that, and uh, we've got <laughs> we've got the clip we wanted. All right, so Charlie's going with the Oilers, but we know where his heart lies. Uh, let's get into this game, uh, heavyweight clash, as I called it. Overall, what number out of ten would you give this one? And our number one question out of our five for these, in terms of its overall compelling factor in this game, I think I have to stick with with just a six for this game. Uh, it's obviously two very, very good football teams, but the second half, uh, you know, you you see Forge kind of very comfortable to to absorb pressure, and Pacific really not getting much done with that sort of that possession and that pressure in the second half. Forge obviously scored the goal early in the game, uh, and from there they're kind of cruising in, in a lot of senses. Uh, so, so I think there was some some good football played in this game, especially in the last 
maybe 20 minutes, but uh, we have seen more uh, maybe bombastic games between these two sides before. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. But again, it was one of those games, was it not, that Forge found a way. I mean, mm-hmm. I think Pacific, we're going to get into them in a second, Charlie, but they will they walked off the field wondering, how do we let that get away from us? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, and yeah, as you mentioned, Forge finding a way, which they almost always seem to do. Um, again, Pacific had so much of the ball, so many chances in the second half, but you know, really none of them were that dangerous. Mm. Forge were very comfortable to keep them to the outside, fourth shots from distance, and and maybe force them to whip in crosses and things like that, which you know, Forge's Forge's center backs were really, really comfortable with the, with getting rid of. Yeah, very comfortable getting rid of. I thought Janssen was very good. Um, obviously, Mandrake James, we'll get into him in a little bit. It's very good as well. I thought also, by the way, the goalkeeper, uh, I thought he was very good, particularly coming off his line, Tristan Henry and his athletic ability. Uh, another player who was very good in this game, Ashton Morgan, let's go to Starlight Stadium and get some reaction from the left back after this one. Yeah, you know, uh, so what do we say? We, uh, we bend, we don't break. You know, champions find a way to win games. And, you know, we showed that comf- we are comfortable Sometimes not to have the ball when we're usually used to yeah having the ball. But uh, it's a great defensive performance from first eleven and the guys that came in. You know we clean sheets, uh, win games, and help win games, and got our three points. And we're gonna move on to uh, to our next match on Friday. Friday against York. We'll get into that later. Charlie, was it exactly that then? Forge digging deep, not brand- bending and not breaking. I suppose just bending and. Is there something to be said that, again, another game that Wubens Passi has found a way to win? Every time he scores, they never lose. His record is fantastic. We get to the the, the problem with Gazdov a little bit later. Um, but what about Passius and Forge just continuing to find a way here in partnership? Absolutely. And, and Wubens Passius just seems to find himself in the right spot all the time to score these massive goals for this club. I mean, again, we can... We can talk about about Gazdov and the the error there, but you know, for Passius to climb all over Thomas Mayer-Jaguer in the box there and get his head on that cross in the first place is is really impressive. Uh, and again, you know, he's Bobby Smirniot is compared him to Kyle Laren after the game is another player that he's coached, which is uh, a pretty lofty comparison. But as as such a young player who is consistently able to to do a lot with even when he's not starting, you know, last week against Halifax, he comes off the bench and. You know, again, not a not a massively flashy goal, but he you know gets his body in the right spot to deflect into the net. And, and other than that, in this game, yeah, Forge, not necessarily you know putting the pedal down and, and trying to play this massive attacking football in the second half. Maybe there's there's some fatigue going on. They traveled for the first time this year, but uh, they're very comfortable you know off the ball in this game. They they you know sometimes they dominate with the ball in this game. They kind of dominated without it. Mm-hmm. You know, for for Pacific to have, I think in the second half they had ten shots, but I think they only had like 0.79 expected goals, which is is pretty indicative to me of of how you know low quality a lot of their chances were just because of Forge kind of plugging up the the lanes and stopping them from really getting anywhere dangerous. Yeah, some comments in the live chat about Pacific's attack. We'll get into that in a second. With more though, here is Bobby Smidiotis on Wubens Passius. With Wubens is uh, you give him games and he scores goals, uh, and that's his best attribute. You know, it's uh, similar to a player I coached uh, years ago in, in Kyle Lahren in that, uh, in that end. You know, uh, the more they play uh, in the games, uh, the goals come to them. He's just an excellent player in the box and uh, not only the goal, but he's got two other very good chances in the, in the first half that uh, are probably easier finishes uh, than the goal. And we know that's what we get with him, you know, but uh, 
We've got a great group of, of attacking players today. Uh, Taron Campbell also did a very good job, uh, you know, in the attack. We had a different uh, formation, let's say, than, uh, than the way we're defending and giving a little bit more emphasis in the box. And I think the guys did a very good job in the first half of that. Yeah, interesting talk from Bobby. Almost like it looked like a 4-4-2 out of possession at times yeah. in that game, which was an interesting look. Uh, all right, Charlie, time for your list of greats. Which players on either side do you think reached a threshold where you felt like they stood out above the rest? Uh, well, I mean, we have to start with Manchester James, as we've said before. I think he won possession eight times, seven clearances in this game, four interceptions. Just looking so unbelievably comfortable in that side, despite just getting there. He's getting better and better every single game. Uh, and he has a good relationship going, I think, with with Alex Ashnodi Janssen in there, where he's kind of the the more reserved defender who does a lot of the last ditch defending, and and Janssen can play out of the back more. There's one play where I think I think Josh Hurd is coming in on the break, and James just catches up to him and and basically manages to get his foot around him in front to tackle the ball very cleanly in the box, and it was it was very impressive. You know, lots of other other you know Forge players. I think we have to we have to call out Kyle Becker, mm-hmm. who gets to start again for. Or, the, the first time this year yeah. uh, and you can just see how he really makes everything tick especially in the first half forge when forge you know before they'd scored or when they were still maybe looking for another goal uh he was really the link maybe playing a little bit more reserved than sometimes he would last year i think he maybe let alessandro hojabrapor get ahead of him a few times which is in- interesting um but he obviously is the guy that sort of sets the tempo on that team and just you know i know that pacific lost but i think we have to shout out manny aparicio again because he comes off the bench for the last half hour and they are a different team just completely different team with him on the pitch much more dangerous much more energy to the way that they move the ball you know he alone i think had like three shots and he created a load of chances and he really was running all over the place in that you know half hour of work that he had as he comes back from an injury so uh, once he's back in the starting lineup i'll be a little bit less concerned about pacific yeah, no doubt about it. We'll get more into that attack in a second. With more, though, let's hear from Amir Didic, their defender, after their 1-0 loss. The whole play there was just a, just a matter of uh, them breaking the line in between our, our midfield and back line. And, and from there on, kind of reactionary defending from us and, and kind of being able to backtrack and, and, and kind of a panic station mode there for us as a back line. Uh, you know, you, you got to... You know, there's guys that can hurt you on that team when they get into pockets and they churn and they play and cross, you know, and and that was an example right there of what happened. And, um, you know, and it's it, it goes in the back of the net. It's unfortunate with Emil, you know, it just slips through his hands, but uh, mm-hmm. he's been he's been great for us, you know, and and uh, he's a young goalie and he he uh, will continue to grow each game. And we got full support in, in Emil, the whole, the whole squad, the staff, everybody, you know, and and as a team, you know, uh, we have we have we have his back always. And and uh, yeah, there's things that we definitely need to look at that goal and then and see like how it break down all the way to get all the way there. So um, yeah. Which of course referring to Emil Gazdov, the young goalkeeper that has now made a couple of mistakes inside the first three games, despite winning a game and a significant one as well with a great penalty save in the Canadian Championship. Um, Let's go back there and get some more reaction. Here's James Merriman, Pacific FC head coach, on not getting any points from this game. We didn't start on the front foot. We started a bit on the back foot. We conceded not a a great goal. I haven't seen it back, but uh, it kind of reflected where we were at and how we were playing, how we started. And then it changed. I think we finished the half okay, still giving them a little bit too much respect. 
second half, we showed more who we are, how we want to play. We were on the front foot. We were, we were quite dominant on the ball. But again, you know, we need more urgency, more, more quicker decisions, more decisiveness in front of goal and more detail in our final pass or recognize the opportunity. And, and eventually you need to re reward yourself and, and score goals. Otherwise, you, can, you can't, can't win matches. So it's frustrating. It's two matches in a row. Um, but it's still really early, so we'll learn. We, we have things that we know we, that are clear that we can work on and improve. And if we do get that right, we can be, we can be very, very dangerous. So um, full confidence that it will come, but frustrating to, to drop points today. From Jeff, who is watching live, says Pacific still struggling to find goals. Kikutamane not going to be a solution for him in that regard. Um, what do we make of this, Charlie? Like they started off all their games at home, unlike everybody else. What was an unbeaten run coming in this was just ma mainly one goalkeeper array away from continuing away from continuing that unbeaten run. Uh, but you can tell in James Merriman's voice there that they need more clarity in the final third. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought Iman Saluf was great again in a lot of mm -hmm. areas. Maybe they need more of him and Manny Aparicio on the pitch together, which hasn't happened a lot. What do you think of that? Is there some concerns? And have they left points on the table now that they'll be regretting here after being at home that amount of time? Yeah, I think you never want to come out of a, a three-game homestand with, what is it, 1-1-1 one, one, and one record. Uh, so that's not going to be good, especially considering how much how many longer road trips they have later in the season. Right. Um, it's, it's tough because there is so much attacking talent on that roster. We're talking about Salouf. Josh Hurd is one of the best direct kind of ball drivers in the league. They've obviously got Easton Angaro who scored more goals than pretty much anybody in the CPL. Um, and it will, I think it will click for them eventually. But I think what was frustrating for James Merriman in this game is I, I think that they were, he, th he felt they were maybe overthinking things a little bit in the attacking third, you know, players taking two or three touches too many when sometimes you just need to smash it mm -hmm. or just, just, take an attempt at the goal, test the goalkeeper a little bit more. You know, Tristan Henry was good in this game coming off his line and aggressive, but he didn't have to make a lot of sort of reflex saves because Pacific didn't, they only had two shots on target at a 50. And I think both of them were, were fairly distance efforts that, that weren't particularly dangerous. Um, so I, I think James Merriman felt like they were maybe trying to get a little bit too cute with it at times, trying to find a more ideal situation to shoot from when sometimes, especially in the CPL, you just need to to take your chances. You just need to, you know, send more balls at the net and, and make more chaos happen in some ways. Uh, because if you just pass the ball around the perimeter a little bit of what time, looking for, you know, the perfect opportunity, it's not going to come, especially against a team that's as well-organized as Forge's defense, right? Yeah, no doubt. What Very well said. Um, <clears throat> all right, so where's the next test coming, Charlie? What's next for these two? And what do you expect for them in the next week, CPL week four? So for Pacific, it's a big one. They're off to Ottawa on the weekend, uh, which is where their season obviously ended last year. Um, and it, it's going to be a, an important one on, on Saturday, where uh, Ottawa, again, are another team that makes you break them down. And that'll be a similar test for Pacific to try and find a way through. I think they'll probably focus on training in training this week on you know, breaking through a block, breaking through a, like a, a low-lying team and, and finding a goal, you know, finding those maybe those easier goals, those simpler goals. Uh, which will be a tough one. And then meanwhile, Forge, they're, uh, they're, I mean, sort of on the road. So uh, <laughs> still taking a bus there from Hamilton, but uh, they're, they're playing York at York Lions Stadium in, in a derby that's always, uh, always pretty lively, I think, in the CPL and fairly evenly split. 
I think, especially the last couple of years, even though Forge have have all the championships and the better record over over time. Uh, York have always played them very well. They've always been up for those games, um, including last year. Moba Bully did a a number on Forge a couple of times, I think. So uh, that'll that'll always be a fun one as well. I'm sure yeah, there'll be no lots doubt. of lots of traveling support as well from Hamilton. Yeah, in a short a week for them. They're you know for those who don't know, they're flying home as we tape today on Monday, uh, Monday lunchtime. For those watching live, keep an eye out for a big story developing later around that club. And if you're listening later, you'll obviously be aware of that. Thank you, Charlie. Enjoy the rest of your day, and of course, catch Charlie's analysis and everything else on campiel.ca. Earlier on Sunday, Cavalry kicked off their home portion of the season against Vala. Benedict Rhodes is in for us as he breaks this one down. Let's bring in Benny. Uh, before you break Cavalry Vala down, who's winning the stand? Family Cup, Benny. I'm agree with the trolley. I think it's uh, Edmonton Oilers. I think Carmen David. Not only is him on my fantasy team, so I would like that for that reason. He but, is, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he's, he's been fantastic. He's, he's picked up as the season went on, so I, I think it's going to be Edmonton Oilers. I'm trying my best for everybody listening out there to get the name Maple Leafs out of two Maple Leaf supporters in this area, but it's not working. Um, all right, let's figure out what is working and what's not working with these teams. Uh, Cavalry Valor, as it was said in the chat by a couple of people, last year many people would have expected a home banker. It didn't turn out that way. It was 1-1. Uh, what did you like about this and what was the compelling factor number for you in this, Benny? Uh, I'll go for a 7.5. I think you know this game had everything around it with the, the Calvary home opener. You know, we know how good they are. have been at home historically. Uh, Valor, top of the table after two games, still top of the table after three games. Um, and, and in this game, it was it end-to-end was, it was at times. You know, like you saw there, Ali Moussi was so direct in this game. He was making everything happen for Calvary down the side. And and uh, Valor weren't going down without a fight either. Um, you know, they, they, they're playing with confidence, I think, at the moment. Which is which is important. when so they maybe lacked the times last season, um, but you know they they've looked good so far early in the season. If, even if they haven't had you know, three wins, they've they've looked competitive in all three of those CPL games, and uh, I think that's that's a promising thing for a team that's full of injuries at the moment. Kian Williams with the shush of the foot soldiers. Benny, you a big fan of the shush celebration or no? I am personally. I think you know I know the home fans don't like it, but I think that's what makes the away fans like it more, even more. Like. Uh, it takes a lot of confidence to, to do that, especially after scoring a goal like he did. You know, firing over Mark Perducci's head is not an easy thing to do. Uh, so I, I'm a big fan of this celebration. No, let's get going. I don't mind that at all. Like a little bit of wind-up merchants is fine by me. Ali Moussi had a very good game in this one. We'll get into him in a minute. Had a great opportunity late in the game and, of course, an assist. Uh, but before we get to Cavalry, the story really is resilient valor. And I use that word because you used that in your analysis. Again, campl.ca, check out. The resilience of this team is I think something we need to talk more about. On beaten three in the CPL, top of the table, and this time they found a way to get points from a losing position, and they've got a ton of injuries as well, Benny. What's impressed you the most about the character of this new look Valety? Yeah, like you said, the, the injuries I think are a huge factor. So many of their players who you'd expect to, to be starting these games, you know, Andrew John-Baptiste, Rafa Oheen, uh, Matthew Chandler just went down with an ACL injury. There's, there's a lot of players that right now who aren't in the team, uh, but, but their players who are stepping into the team aren't letting that really phase them. Um, you know, there are excuse me, a few players with a lot of confidence, you know, people like uh, Pacific Nyongabir, Matteo Debrienne, some of these players who, who are fearless at times. They they don't really care, I don't think, what, where, where, where they're playing or what the challenge is. They just go out and do their job. Uh, I think that's, that's impressed me the most about Valor these first three games. They just they just know what their task is and, and they find a way to at least get something out of the game, which so is something that, again, last season they, they sometimes struggled to do. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, let's go back to at Cofield. It's Bruce Meadows with reaction. Here's Valabos, Flip to Santos. 
We knew we would need to fight. I think that uh, we saw in the first half, it was no surprise that they would come with a lot of energy. Uh, we knew we had to somehow survive and weather the storm and not allow the fans to get in, in the game. And I don't think we, we did that well. So you get the injury of, of Pianelli. Um, and we need to make uh, a few adjustments in the team, bringing Dante out of that midfield. So it made it challenging for the guys to find their references fast. Um, I think that it was important for us to get through halftime uh, still with a, still with a being close and still with a chance to, to fight for the result. And I think that when we had the chance to adjust a few, a few elements um, in, in, in halftime or during halftime, we came out a lot, a lot better in the second half. And I think that the guys were rewarded for their fight, their, their spirit, the mentality in which they approached the game, the, the commitment they had to, uh, towards each other. But they understand that every point is valuable. Very well said. Okay, as for Cavalry, three draws in a row in the CPL. By the way, that's the first time since 2019. Um, not getting a win at home. And you could kind of hear a little bit of frustration in the words of Tommy Wilden after the game. Let's go back to Atco Field and listen to the boss of Cavalry and the reaction to their 1-1 draw. I think we could have been better. That's, uh, that's the brutal honesty. We should have been better. Um, we had chances. Um, but we were very average with the possession today, which was disappointing because I thought last week we had to grind it out. This week we wanted to enjoy it. And I think uh, it was just one of those that we didn't do what we had planned and worked on. And that's what's disappointing for me as a coach because I know this group is a very talented group. Now they've got to show it. Very interesting comments there. Very, we always love in the media anybody who's honest and, and, and it's a little bit of a... Um, a little bit of motivation, I think, towards his players uh, externally there. And he did come into the game, Benny X, saying to the team, just go enjoy yourself a little bit more. Um, that certainly wasn't the way that they played. What do you make of his uh, his honest comments there, particularly around their attack? Yeah, I think, like you sort of said there, like I think it's, it's trying to get a bit of a reaction from his team. You know, three draws is is, is fine. You know, it's, it's three points are unbeaten still, but this is a team with very high expectations. This is a team who, who has, as you said off the top as well, has historically been very, very good at home. Historically, never really been phased by Valor at home. Uh, I think I think they came into this game expecting three points, and and when they didn't get it, uh, they were kind of frustrated at times throughout the match. And, and when they didn't get those three points, I think there was a, a sense of disappointment. Like they 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 wanted three points, they expected three points, and and uh, they didn't come to them. And I think that's uh, you said very very honest words from Tommy, but ones I think he wants to sort of use to kick his team into gear a little bit. Talking about kicking into gear, remember this time last year, the first three games, they didn't win again, and then they went on a club record a club record unbeaten run. So they'll be certainly hoping to kick into gear there. Uh, but with more reaction, here's their goalkeeper and captain Marco Carducci. Yeah, um, I think the first thing is we're disappointed to come away with a draw. Um, you know, we start the season off on the road with two games and earn two points there, um, whereas I feel like we, we lost points today. Uh, and I think that's a feeling we have, but... Um, you know, credit to, to Valor, they stayed in the game, they challenged us, we weren't able to, to kind of get that footing early in the second half, and obviously they score. Uh, but like I said, I, I, it, we're disappointed that we, we don't get three points. Okay, Benny, time for the list of your greats. Which player stood out the most for you in this one on either team? Yeah, for Calvary, I think it was, it was uh, Dan Klomp in center back. He was fantastic. I thought he, he didn't really let anything... Uh, happen for 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 Valor. Same with Aduka Chima beside him. 
they were pretty strong all night, all night and uh and also on the, on the wing Ali Musi was fantastic in this game he set up Mario Bevin's goal probably could have had another one himself late in the game uh but he he, he was he was fantastic uh on, on for Valor I think it was uh Keen Williams scored the goal very nice finish uh, very promising from him I think so far early in this season and Andy Baccaro I think is quietly having a very good season so far at right back for Valor he set up the goal sort of indirectly with the cross into the box and uh, defensively sound, I think, in this game as well. Actually, let's get the Kean Williams clip ready in a second, and we'll play we'll play that. But before we do, there's a comment in the chat about De Brienne, who played left back, and Ali Moussi basically just owning him in this game, is it? And what's is it, some concerns about De Brienne? But he is playing a different position, Benny, right? With obviously Jordan Haynes hurt, like, and has been pretty good. I think he was in the team of the week actually already this season. So what what did you make of that matchup? Yeah, I don't think Debrian has been has been that poor. I think, like you said, he's been playing a left back, uh, sort of a necessity, really, for Phil DeSantos' team. Last year, he was, he was more of a winger or, or a forward. So, uh, I don't think he's been poor. I think, you know, Ali Moussi, the best left backs in the league struggle against Ali Moussi. And, Good point. And when, when Debrian is playing out of, out of position in a position that I think him and, and Valor hope he doesn't have to play for too much longer, I, I'm, not, I'm not too worried about that. Good point. All right, let's go back for, for, for the final reaction from this 1-1 game. Here's the goal scorer for Valor, Englishman, Kian Williams. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, we're just trying to take it game by game, and that's that's the main thing. Picking up points, this is a tough place to come to. Um, but, yeah, we, we managed to, to get a point, and we're lucky not to get two. They wanted more. They still are top of the table. All right, Benny, what's next for these two? What do you expect from them in week four? Uh, I expect both of them to, to want to go after three points again. I think you know, Valor are going to be home against the Halifax Wanderers, who are also going to be looking for three points. I think that might be a very exciting game between two teams who are who are going to be looking to continue their decent starts to the season. And and Calvary are going to be away at Vancouver FC for the first ever game uh, in their home schedule. Uh, so that'll be that'll be a big occasion. And I think they're going to want to go there and, and put on a show and kind of spoil that party a little bit like Valor did to them this weekend. That will be great. C-Mac in the chat says, Ali Moosey's consistency in the attack has been so great to see so far this year. Certainly, obviously, a diamond right now for Calvary and their attack going forward. All right, Benny, we appreciate your predictions and thoughts for next week. A reminder, CPL Predictor is back, brought to you by our friends at TonyBet, campl.ca backslash predictor where you choose the correct scores and you could win twenty thousand dollars tickets to games and much more it's all there on the website we continue here on the newsroom tpl newsroom presented by our friends at volkswagen and to the third match in the weekend we go backwards on saturday now and mitchell tierney is our reporter in this one uh mitch uh you're a noted uh maple leafs uh no i can't even i couldn't even go through with it um right, our hats <laughs> fan mitchell tierney who's winning the stanley cup <laughs> Oh man! Um, and how much are I, you loving this right now? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've even watched a, a playoff game, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'm gonna do it because Charlie's saying in the chat the Toronto Maple Leafs are gonna win the cup, so that I can jinx it. That's the there you go. I love it. I love it. Uh, I can't wait to see if that happens, and then we can all celebrate Mitchell celebrating yeah, yeah, the Maple Leafs. This, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, for Mitchell's sanity, let's move on. And Athletic Ottawa took on York United on Saturday. Uh, you were there all over it for us and covering the game. Uh, and wow, what a lot of storylines coming out of this one, mate. I feel like you get a lot of the storylines every week, which is great for us. Uh, before that, what number of 10 out of 10 would you give this one in terms of the compelling factor? And because there's a lot of stories, maybe it's a number that's quite high. I actually w went for a lower number because I do think it's a compelling game. Uh, but I went for a five out of 10 because I thought the match itself actually was a little bit disappointing. Mm. Um, you know, and I, I even raised it a point because of this Babuli goal that you're seeing on the YouTube now. 
um, you know, fantastic goal, goal of the season. But for me, from Atletico Ottawa, just such a disappointing performance. Uh, we'll go into the concerns a little bit later, I'm sure. Um, but that's seven straight matches without a win at home um, between regular season and playoffs. You have to go back to, I think it's August 17th, 2022, uh, when they beat Halifax 3-2 at, at TD Play Stadium for their last win. So, you know, this is a club that's really trying to build a fan base right now. And, and they're doing very well at that. But, you know, to build a fan base, you have to offer some excitement at home. And especially in that first half, I think they had like four touches in the York box. They barely were able to hold onto the ball. Um, yeah, just a, a disappointing performance all around. A, a club that you're hoping this year would be a little more proactive versus kind of reactive. And um, yeah, I just thought it was, you know, maybe a truly boring performance from Atletico Ottawa um in this one and you know i don't think york would have minded that at all no uh, there's a lot to get into on both these teams so before we do the collective let's do the individual uh time for a list of your greats which player stood out above the rest in this one to shine despite it being a five out of ten match yeah i thought there were there were a couple obviously mo babuli um you know his, his moment of magic i don't think there's another player on the pitch maybe other than Ollie Bassett who can uh, you know strike a ball like that into the corner and maybe even him so uh that was a moment we've kind of been waiting for from from Mo this season so you know good to have that from him um I thought Brian Wright was excellent as well uh, up mm. top obviously starting over Ozazi Di Rosario again which is a, a bit of a storyline I'm sure but uh you know created two chances and I really liked the way he pressed the ball he won the foul um that led to to Mobabuli's goal and obviously in in games against Ottawa where you know, it's so difficult to create chances. Stuff like that really, really matters. Um, so I like Brian Wright. Obviously, Jansopoulos holding them in the match. Five saves. Uh, an underrated save, I thought, on a missile from uh, Johnny Dos Santos hitting it like only he can, which was yeah. dipping the whole way. Like, that's a that's a very good save from him, I thought. Um, and obviously, on a C point blank. And um, on the Ottawa side of things, a, a guy who I think has been um, maybe a little under-talked about this season is Luke Singh at the back. Um Someone who obviously Espejo gets a lot of praise, but beside him, you know, he's third in the CPL in, in accurate passes. He won possession 10 times in this game. I thought there was a, a few times where he had the opportunity to to step up um, in, into the midfield and, and win balls, and I thought he was excellent there. So I really liked what, what he did, and obviously York didn't have much going forward, and I think Singh was a big part of that. But uh, yeah, those those are my greats. Yeah, I love those picks. And Singh has been very good for them, no doubt about it. And uh, we'll have to find out just how injured Espeo is, who left the game late in that one, to find out whether Singh may need to be even more valuable in that one. Um, but in the end, the hero himself was Moba Bully, And that's football. The week before, it was, he, he didn't necessarily shine and was the one the major reason to give the ball away that led to Vancouver Football Club's first goal and first win. Uh, Babuli certainly had that on his mind when he talked about winning this game the following week. We know guys are going to make mistakes, and uh, I'm one of those guys. I made a big one last week, and I knew uh, I knew I had to I had to come back and fight even harder this week to to make up for it. Um, you know, but the 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 theme that we're trying to have is, you know, we're going to make mistakes, and we got to help each other dig out of uh, dig out of those mistakes and get results and find a way to find positivity in what we do. And uh, today was one of those days. Mitch York United unbeaten in seven in all games they've ever played at TD Place against Atletico Ottawa. Just a remarkable start. Um, but now how big of a win was this for them to pull this off, particularly after the first two home losses? Oh, it was huge. I think they needed, you know, some positive vibes, any positive vibes around the club, considering how it's gone this season with the injuries, obviously the the off-field stories. You know, there's been a lot uh, a lot of not great for, for York so far this season. But, um, yeah, I think this is a win that it almost – 
maybe wouldn't have come if they if they had a few more losses before this one where you know they're able to stay patient and, and positive um through all of you know a, a difficult low block from from ottawa and just wait for their opportunity not force it which i thought was something they did very well because we all know what ottawa can do uh when you try and force chances against them i think there was maybe one where uh sumaro had a bad touch at the back and, yeah. and Salter gets in. But other than that, I can't remember too many opportunities that York gave them in the first half, at least. Um, and yeah, really important to get Moba Bully going. Obviously, you know, we, we've talked so much about how critical he is to their success. So having a moment like that for him, but um, they've got some huge matches coming up as well. So it comes at a good time. Obviously, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit, but Forge next week and then, you know, the Whitecaps after that. So if there was a time to get going, it was right now. And uh, yeah, I thought this was a, a big big win for the nine stripes yeah really good point with what's to come as well last week we praised atletico ottawa for not losing when not playing well well now they are not playing well and they are losing uh we'll get mitch's take on that in a second but before that let's go back to td place and here's their gaffer carlos gonzalez I feel that in the first half uh it was a couple of different different moments of the game i think that the first 15 minutes we were in the in the right path i think that we were doing things in the right way but after yeah they they start to 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 grab the ball and be a little bit more dominant and make us drop a little bit more and it's true that we we have to to clear clarify uh, certain mechanisms that made us uh, drop in, in certain moments and of course when when you drop you can concede this type of situation but mainly i, I felt that in the first half we were not very good in the in the recovery moment you know i think that we weren't capable to take out the ball of the pressure and that's that's the main point that once you recover the ball if you're not capable to 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 keep it to keep it uh, for for a time at the end of the day you are going to start to drop to drop to drop and you are going to play uh, in very near your your box so at the moment i think that we we have identified what 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 do we have to improve on and uh, yeah continue doing what we are doing well and 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 improve on the things that we can improve so as usual for Carlos, no hyperbole there. Not too excited when they win, not too down when they lose. That's what we'd expect from Carlos, but you know, not necessarily from you, my friend. So what do you is this a little blip or are there some alarming concerns here for this team? I think there are certainly a few concerns. And um maybe the biggest one is, you know, going in or after this offseason, we didn't realize maybe how much turnover there was at this club and you know, I've found some of the new players coming in haven't been quite able to adapt to the system um, perfectly well. You know, you look at we met at, at right back. I think he's had his struggles and, you know, moving Acosta to the midfield. I haven't necessarily loved that, but particularly um, in attack, which is so important to what they do defensively. You know, Salter uh, really isolated in this one, you know, kind of really frustrated figure um, when he went off. And, you know, he's had a hard time holding up the ball. And then when he does, there's no one even close to him as they're they're lines are too far back or too wide uh, mm -hmm. if you look at the the wingers as well they haven't been able to um maybe connect and you know i, I think to to almost pick on a player here you know he's 18 years old john and lsc um a guy who you know the fine margins of football he could have you know won them a match the week before and and tied this match with two tap-ins that i think on most weeks uh, a player like him would finish but you know this is a guy with all kinds of talent he's got that interest in taking on guys 1v1 that's something dynamic that he brings to this attack but you got to pick your moments in this ottawa system and 
you know, sometimes it's not the right move to try and nutmeg Lasana face. Sometimes, you know, when you haven't had the ball for a long period of time, you just check it back to someone who can hold it. You recycle for a little bit. You let your defenders um, have a little bit of rest. And I think, you know, that's something that they haven't done well enough. And Carlos touched on it there was being able to hold possession for those little periods of time, um, which allow them to, you know, get out of their defensive shape. So, you, you would have expected them to hit the ground running a little bit more. They have that advantage of, of the uh, Madrid preseason, um, which I think that, you know, is, is should be an advantage for this club. And um, yeah, I just think that it hasn't worked so far this year. No, I mean, nobody really wants to talk about last season when it comes to some things with Athletic Ottawa. They're just all about focusing going forward. But it's just a reminder, this is a team that won the regular season last year. They know how to get things done. But by winning the regular season last year, they were still six out of eight in expected goals, seventh out of eight in possession last season, and eight out of eight in penalty area entries. So even last season, they had issues igniting an attack. They need to move that forward and certainly work on that. Part of that solution, of course, was the signing of Noah Verhoeven, who came over from the aforementioned York United. He was this time on the losing end of that game, and here he is after this game. Yeah, I think it's something that we can build on. You know, we'll watch the game back and see different moments like that. But definitely, uh, you know, this is a game where we'll look to take things, take the positives, which is probably a lot of the second half. And then, uh, you know, try and build as a group. And like I said, we have a lot of potential. So now it's just about finding it. Yeah, and obviously they've got some time to do that. We talked about what's next for York. Friday night against Forge and then a Whitecaps game in the Canadian Championship in midweek to follow. Get your tickets for either of those, um, those ones. Um, boy, boy, they're going to be exciting. So what about Atletico Ottawa? What's next for them, Mitch? And uh, should we say that this is a massive week for them? <laughs> I think so. Um, yeah, I think this is another very intriguing matchup for them. Obviously, they've got Pacific on Saturday at home. Um, again, another opportunity to... Um, you know, maybe get that much needed win at home and against the team that they played in the, the CPL semifinals um, last year. You know, that'll be a, a good rematch, I think, for for Pacific wanting uh, certainly something out of that. So, um, yeah, that's that's certainly one you'll want to uh, circle on the calendar. Look out for that one this Saturday evening. Of course, all games live on One Soccer. And of course, catch Mitchell Tierney's fine work at campio.ca and all across Canadian Premier League socials. Thanks, Mitch. We'll speak to you next week. Uh, last but not least, we head out east where a jam-packed Wanderers grounds back backed a new look Halifax Wanderers. Our man watching this one for us. We're bringing Alex Ganguruzic, who worked this one. HGR, uh, before we get into this, we're asking everyone right now, who's winning the Stanley Cup? Who do you think? Um, as as a unfortunate Canucks fan over here, I'm not touching the the Leafs or anything of the likes. So sorry to, to all the Leafs fans out there, but uh, I think from what I've seen, the Oilers. I mean, they just they have the best player, and they they've they they managed to get past the Kings. And I don't know. I look at their path. I think this could could be an Oilers year. Oilers. Wow. Okay, they're playing Vegas, and the guys in the chat say Vegas to get to the Stanley Cup final. So those going to watch Canada in the Nations League can watch a Stanley Cup final at the same time. Love that <laughs> shout by Seamac in the chat. So uh, good reason to root idea. against the Oilers if you're a Canadian soccer fan. Uh, all right, AGR, let's bring you on and talk about what was a fascinating game again on Saturday for Halifax. This is always a team that entertains us. Uh, did they entertain you overall? What number out of ten would you give this one as they welcomed in Vancouver Football Club? Yeah, I mean, uh, it would be hard to give a, a home opener, at one, a sold-out Wanderers grounds, anything but, you know, at least a seven. And I think I'm going to go a seven just because in the end, 
Uh, the second half, maybe we were left a bit wanting, but the first half was certainly entertaining. Halifax came out just electric, flying. You heard the words of, of Patrice Geyser the day before how, you know, he was saying how he wanted this club to represent the community and play for the fans. And they, they got the memo, at least in the first 30 minutes, they were electric all over Vancouver getting chance after chance. But Vancouver, they're plucky. They're, they're almost annoying to play against, it looks like, because you, you think they're down and out in this game. And they just kind of flicked the switch. And, and it all started with a, a bold substitution from Ashton Gottby. You know, brings off a player making his first pro start, brings in a player who had a bit of discipline trouble within the, the club in the week. It's a bold decision, but pays off. They looked excellent immediately after they, they made that switch to bring off Nathaniel St. Louis and bring on uh, Nima Moizanizade. And then uh, from the rest of the game, it looked like they were likely, they were pushing, they were knocking on the door and frustrating Halifax, and Halifax just couldn't play through them. So overall, I think it was a deserved 1-1 draw, but that first half in particular was very compelling. Yeah, really good game. I uh, love doing it for one soccer as well. I'm going to get into Vancouver shortly. Let's start with the home team. Um, you're a bit of a fellow tactician like myself as well. I want to do a deep dive on this team, this Halifax Wanderers team, now three games in. I think it's clear, AGR, we now know what it says on the tin, right? They're, they're an easy on the eye team. Uh, they keep the ball down. Caligari in midfield, again, led all players with 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 the, with the amount of touches. He's, he looks like a star. They could easily have been up 3-0 in the game early in the in the game in the first half an hour. And they could easily be 3-0 in the CPL. In the end, they weren't 3-0 up and they're not 3-0 and they haven't won a game. In fact, they've given up six points from winning positions already. They only gave up two all season last season. Um, so what do we really make of them at the moment in terms of what you're watching? Yeah, I think it's something where... Like we, like you said, we know what they are, but also I think it's something where they're still a work in progress. I think we saw that week one, for example, they played great against Ottawa, but they looked a little more prone in transition than you'd would have liked to see. They fix that for the next week. Uh, you know, now you look at the, their team, they're starting games excellently. Like every time you watch them in the first 25 minutes, like I think the first 25 minutes of each game they played has been the best 25 minutes of arguably anyone in the league. Like when they're on, it's just, it's stunning. It's quick. It, 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 it's, they play so great. But as Patrice mentioned after the game, and I think it's a great point. They almost need a second to fall because they're a team that they do a lot of running. They're very aggressive. He guys, I was noting after the game, they run more than man city does, which you know isn't easy because man city uh, are, they, they run a lot of hard kilometers. So maybe it's something that early in this season, they don't have the fitness levels yet to maintain the way they want to play over the course of 90 minutes. And because of that, when that second goal doesn't fall naturally, you sag back You're like, ah, oh, we're up one nil. Maybe we can rest a little, especially right before a halftime where they've already allowed two goals this year. Uh, and then another team can pounce and, you know, I think in particular as well, there's there's some questions to be had in, in terms of not their defending, because I think when they're set behind the ball, they've shown good structure, but they're defending rotations. Again, another thing you look at their system, Riley Ferrazzo, I love the way he tucks inside in possession, but sometimes he's supposed to be a right back off the ball. There's times where he's left center mid. When you yeah. turn over the ball, that's a huge gap to, to have to fill, and that's where that running uh, comes into play. So I think for, for Halifax, their next big goals are find a way to get a second goal, because if you're going to dominate, get two, you're not losing many leads. One, as we've seen across the CPL, even like, you know, the Calvary-Valor game where Calvary was all over Valor, one goal is not enough to, to see a game over a line. But if you get two, uh, you, you, you can get that. And I think just, yeah, defensively, try to find a way to tighten those rotations. I think that will be fitness. I think that will just be, uh, you know, practice as the year goes along because Halifax shown great glimpses, that's for sure. Yeah, it's been a breath of fresh air, no doubt, and they're still awaiting their first win. But here's some more thoughts on their performance from their head coach, Patrice Geiser. 
thought that first 30 was majestic. Great ball movement, great goal, and things we worked on. And you know what? Credit to Vancouver. They kept going. They came back at us. No problem. We go to half. And I still thought we did enough in the second half to get something. But, you know, in this third game of the season, you do have 15 new players. We did start March 1st. Not to make excuses. I'm proud of the guys for how they finished the game. But we just got to, same story, got to find that complete 90. So we'll get to it. A complete 90. On the other side, let's talk about Vancouver Football Club. You mentioned it. They made some big adjustments. Uh, Jeremy St. Louis made his first professional start and was removed during the first half. Never easy to see. Um, but you know what? Certainly helped the fact that it worked. Uh, I'm going to get your comments on what you think about Vancouver shortly. But before that, let's go back to Wonders Grounds and let's hear from the manager, Ashvin Gopi. I think we deserved that goal because we created multiple chances in the last moments of the game. Uh, I was hoping at halftime that we can sort it out and in the second half uh, even play better football. But unfortunately, I think we didn't have the legs, uh, even though we had the will. So uh, mentally, uh, I, I think we wanted to play better. But physically, you could see that uh, we, we didn't have uh, the power to do the things we wanted to do. So I think uh, in the second half, uh, I was not happy with our performance, uh, even though we had an unbelievable chance to win the game in those uh, last 15 minutes. So, uh, again, overall, I think it's a fair result. Uh, I think uh, Halifax is a great team. It's, uh, it's a team that I think will do very go many good things in the coming games, and I'm sure we'll see them in the playoffs. A hammer. We'll see them in the playoffs. I mean, I, 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 let's just get into this. They've not played a home game yet. They, Caden Chung's been magnificent for them. I thought Romeo had a really good game again. Callum Irvin's been one of the best goalies in the league. Batar's been one of the best players in the league. Hundel's scoring goals, and Gail Sandoval's starting to find his fitness and quality. And then now he's talking about playoffs. I mean, this is accelerating pretty quickly down the highway. You know how quickly this Vancouver Football Club's starting to come together? I mean, I mean, we keep our things pretty, I think, pretty close to the best a lot of the times here and be conservative a lot of these things. But can we go this far? I mean, what do you think so far of this team as you get to head towards the home opener this weekend? Yeah, I mean, not often you see managers week three talk about playoffs, let alone managers who've coached their teams three times. But, I mean, it's something where you know what, I, I respect the confidence and he's not, uh, I, I guess it's not that exaggerated based on what he's seen. Like the fact that they've gone out three games on the road, their first three ever games, and they looked fine in all of them. They went to Pacific, hung on for 80, and then they go to York and win. You're like, okay, there's something going on. Now they go to Halifax, go down early, claw back there, you know, for the first time and, and you know, had a, had their chances to win. I'm like, okay, that's a, that's a team that certainly – they're not looking like a brand new team. Let's just say that they look like a team that's already been together for a while. So, uh, you know, credit has to be given to, to Gottby. I think we, we, we expected this team to be very organized coming into the year and they've been that, but I've just, you know, I've liked how things have accelerated in the offensive side. All of a sudden, you know, getting that, that front three of Batar, Sandoval, Hundal could be, you know, has the potential to be some of the, one of the best in the league, just the way Batar is playing around right now. He's been, you know, out of this world and, and Sandoval has the quality. It's someone where he feels like he's at 60, 70% yet, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll be jogging along on a transition moment and just casually cut back and deliver that, that inch perfect assist that he did to, to Hundal and Hundal maybe should have five or six goals, but strikers who get into those sorts of positions, uh, you know, they'll, they'll score their, their goals eventually. So overall, I mean, um, lots to, lots to like with Vancouver early days. And I think now they're going to have to go home and make their home, 
a, a fortress before we declare them a, a, an early playoff surprise. But yeah. I love the confidence, and certainly <laughs> they've been playing uh, playing the the style to match the the confidence. Yeah, they certainly have lots of lots to like about them, and uh, lots of love for that 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 striped kit that they debuted in Halifax on the weekend as well. So it's a nice one, another great Macron kit in the Canadian Premier League. You mentioned Gabby Vitar, one of the best players so far in the CPL. Here's his thoughts after another draw by Vancouver. Yeah, I mean, being at our third professional game as a club, I mean, I feel like we're very tactically sound. We're really good when uh, we're really good when we're out of possession and we have to defend. So I feel like it's only going to be up from here. You know what I mean? We, like I said, we like you said, we've been together for a month and a half, two months. So I mean, we're only going to get better. Our chemistry is going to grow, and the sky's the limit for us. Okay, AJ, we're into our last couple of minutes, sis. We'll keep this brief. Time for a list of your greats who stood out above the rest in this one for you. Yeah, well, th- this week I'm going to go one for for each team, and uh, I think we saw the the main man for Vancouver. It was Batar. He's just been excellent again. I, I love this role he's playing, where uh, it's not quite the nine he played in college, but it's not or uni- university sports, but it's not quite the the ten he played last year or eight really for for Edmonton. He's kind of just playing this free go do your thing in the front in the final third. Last week it was creating chances. This week it was getting chances you know he's been dropping dimes on on plates for for teammates he's been getting these strikes he should have a goal or two he's been a bit unlucky and Philian certainly robbed him on that that one big chance he's looking phenomenal he's looking like someone who could really stir the drink and I think that's huge because you look to this Vancouver team everyone's saying Sandoval 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 Batar has you know been you know carrying the load there and I think that's huge because Sandoval hasn't been fully up to fitness Ashvin got be mentioned it after the game he's still not there yet he had some niggles he had some knocks he has to get out of his system and that's scary to think that okay Batar can kind of carry the load and then when him and Sandoval are fully clicking that's that's a good formula so a uh, loss to like with Batar there he's been excellent and then as for for the Wanderers I think it was interesting to see Teo Cologne the former Whitecaps a drafty come in and score a goal and not just score a goal. He was he was very active, very involved. Finished with three uh, shots and three uh, key passes, which is always a good return from a striker. And I think that's interesting because Cosino Farso look you know looks good up front, and he's someone who can get on the end of chances. But he's not as mobile, say, as a guy like Cologne, who was just you know constantly relentless, making these runs, opening up space. And I think for that Halifax system, they almost need a bit of that, someone who can drop into feet and and you know play a bit whereas one forcer he's always making those channel runs and you know that's not a bad thing but he just wasn't getting seen on some of those runs and i think the fact that cologne has come in and done that when you compared to what Norn Farso and also coimbra who again very bright talent but he was also one someone who wants to run a lot and maybe the wanderers needed a guy playing the feet i think cologne provided that and i think uh, even beyond his goal he helped that attack uh, in a lot more ways than just that yeah certainly changed their identity here's some reaction from him here's the goal scorer theo cologne yeah, it felt amazing. Like uh, the people here, the city, everyone is around that team. Everyone is behind that team. So like starting my first game, scoring the first goal, first goal of the season here, and that was that was just awesome. Like the, all the people showing off, that was amazing, amazing. All right, what's next for these two is pretty clear. We talked about it already. Halifax go to Winnipeg on Saturday uh, in the first game on Live on One Soccer. Uh, that will be, I think, 3 o'clock local in Winnipeg. And then, of course, you go to Langley on Sunday, AGR. A uh, quick one, what can you look forward to the most about the first ever home game for Vancouver Football Club? Yeah, it's going to be uh, special. I think it's just going to be great to see the stadium finally come together, to see all the you know, all the fans. The, certainly the players will be excited to play in front of their, their home support. 
Uh, certainly sounds like the the people at, at Vancouver FC have been putting in some some extra work just to to make sure those those seats are filled, uh, to make sure every last detail is is in place. They're using that whole brick by brick model. So I'm just excited to see the day come together for for you know everyone there at the club and just how hard they worked to get to this point, and also just you know a chance for for a special uh, moment in, you know in BC soccer, just uh, that chance to to open, to, to christen a new club's arrival in the province. I think the, the Derby was of good taste. You got your 150 away fans. Okay, this this team's got something about it. So now to see a full, you know, fans section, to see all the the, the other fans who've come out and checking out this new team. And and hopefully it's, it's you know, an exciting game. They're playing Cavalry. Cavalry, uh, you know, you know they're going to want to come in, be the villains, be the spoilers. I don't think that's a bad thing. Maybe Cavalry scores and they they rile up the crowd and then Vancouver FC responds. I think either way you look at it, it it's going to be a good matchup on the field and just a great day for community, I think, is going to be the big one off of it. Yeah, great day for the community. Get out there and get the tickets. Go support it. You get one chance to go to a first ever game. Uh, enjoy it, everybody out there in a great market uh, out there on the West Coast. And uh, well, not only that, are you going to see a, a, a start of a, of a new franchise at home and entertaining one as well with some real players making a difference on the pitch so far in the Canadian Premier League. AGR, thanks a lot for your time. Continue to read campiel.ca and of course, I want soccer. AGR there as well. I will ch- chat with you next week as we recap that game, obviously in Vancouver, where AGR will be on Sunday. All right, take a look at the early standings in the Canadian Premier League through three weeks. And it is, of course, very, very tight. Lots of chat in the uh, about parity so far in the Canadian Premier League. And you can see it right there. Nobody has had a lot of time to really dominate. Not a lot of victories, a lot of draws. Valor and Forge on five. Vancouver Football Club on four with Pacific. And then York United with a big win, but for a big goal by Mobabuli on three out of Cavalry, and then, of course, Halifax Wanderers as well on three of the three draws, and Atletico Ottawa. It is early, but at the moment, the regular season champions from 2022, who went from worst to first from 2021 to 2022, have suddenly gone from first to worst in the early part of 2023. Let's take a look at what's to come this week, and we are delighted to say uh, that we've got, we've got four games on three different days, kicking off Friday night at York Lions Stadium against uh, York United against Forge at 7.30 Eastern. A reminder, all games live on One Soccer. We'll be in Winnipeg for Valor against Halifax. Um, and then, obviously, Atletico Ottawa take on Pacific on the nightcap on Saturday. That is going to be big as well. And then the aforementioned home opener, the first ever game for Vancouver Football Club against Cavalry, Cavalry at 4 o'clock Pacific. That should be fantastic. It has been a brilliant start to the Canadian Premier League. Let's recap week three. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to my guests. And we'll join you and we'll speak to you again next week. Fernandez, a given release, and Colom is in with the flag down. Neil Colom races that into the gaping net in behind Calum Irving. one of the best from set pieces can he create a little bit of magic here for York United Mo Babuli he's done it he's found a little bit of magic it is all over and York United have their first win of the 2023 season